0: Welcome to the Motherhood Uncut podcast, where Deb Rubin and I, Kate Kripke, show up weekly to jump in to those conversations that we know have to be happening about motherhood. We are coming fully to you, uncut, with our own stories and challenges and and successes in motherhood, as well as bringing to you some data and research and clinical anecdotes, and all kinds of stuff so that we can all help each other get unstuck. We are not meant to mother alone. So pull up a chair. Come join us in these conversations. We are so glad you're here. All right. Thank you. Thank you to our sponsors. First is the one clock, O-N-E-C-L-O-C-K dot C-O, Wake up better with one clock. I mean, really, literally, wake up better. Gets your technology out of the bedroom, which we all know we need for self-care and health and wellness and better sleep. And it also wakes you up based on just incredible sleep and wake science. So it sets you up, sets your nervous system up for the rest of the day. And not only that, you guys, but it is beautiful. It literally is like a piece of art. So one clock, do not miss out on the one clock. We also want you to know about the programs happening both over uh, with Deb and with me. You can find out more about Deb's really incredible mother-daughter journey workshops. I am not kidding. These workshops set me and both daughters up for total success in adolescence. And I'm not just saying that because she's my person, which you all know, but I'm saying that because literally, literally the classes can't be missed. And so... Go check them out over at Deb's website. If you want to join my Healthy Mom membership, which is really an awesome, low-hanging fruit way to begin a more active process in leaning into health and wellness and motherhood, you will come over and join other phenomenal moms like you who are learning about how to step into greatness. We have amazing speakers. Deb actually came and spoke twice, once about parenting, once about sex and sexuality, In motherhood we have other phenomenal speakers all lined up so you can learn about that membership on my on my website and we'll put all the links in the show notes thanks enjoy the show hi deb hi kate happy podcast day happy podcast day how are you um i am better now that i'm sitting here with you Mm,
1: me too (laughs) really (laughs) so what are we talking about today deb so we have, we have a lot of conversations about the struggle, mm-hmm. right? We all know that parenting is really challenging. It's the biggest, hardest, most amazing mountain you'll ever climb, right? Beautiful. And we talk about self-care, what the fuck is that anyway? We talk about how to work with substance, we talk about judgment, we talked about a lot of things. Today we're gonna talk about how do we move through or move with the struggle? in a really tender and curious way.
0: Yeah. You know, I think we can get stuck as moms talking about all the things that feel hard and all the things that feel frustrating. And one of the things that I really honor about our mothering partnership... (laughs) uh, Our marriage. Our marriage. And, of course, we will continue to support in any way we can other mothers to find other mother partners because it really does make a big difference but one of the things we do so well is make space to talk about the shit yep and validate that and get curious about that but we also move through it pretty quick we do and one of the things we wanted to bring to you listeners today was our Our part in that, in our journey in that. And what is it that allows us, Deb, to move from heartbreak in motherhood to confidence and trust and lightness and even joy, even humor, even when the things
1: feel really hard? Because we do that well. Yeah, I think so. So I think one thing that we have kind of done as long as we've been friends is we look at parenting as a spiritual journey. Sure do. And that word in itself is, can be activating for some, it can be overused, but actually at its purest form, it's actually a really simple concept. So why don't you tell me the recent definition you heard of spirituality, which I think is how we both see it, but it's so beautifully said. Yeah. And, and
0: maybe I'll start by (laughs) saying, I used to be so intimidated to use that word mm. or to talk about god or spirit or divine meaning or energy and any of those words like i used to use, i used to keep them out of my therapy practice i used to sort of cringe a little bit and i just can't get enough of those words right now and i think in part that's because I found a new definition for them. Mm, That's wonderful. You know, what I hold space for when I think about this idea of spirituality is a sense of trust in being held in something bigger than myself, Mm -hmm. right? Like that really deep knowing that there is some method to this madness that science can't even kind of quantify or qualify, and that there's no, sometimes there's no language, and there's, we can't sort of prove anything, but it's just a deep knowing, Mm. right? Lisa Miller is a psychologist that you and I have talked about recently, and she's written a great book that I'm just finishing right now called The Awakened Brain, and we can put some um, links to some of her work in the show notes, but she is a psychologist who's really brought to the mainstream psychology and science realm this idea of how protective spirituality is in um, or protects against depression and anxiety and substance abuse and she differentiates it from religion mm-hmm which is I think where we
1: can get triggered with that word well yeah I think a lot of people do feel that trigger yeah I mean, this is a place that I think is where you and my relationship makes me giggle because this is not a place I've been cringy around. I know. And we often laugh about how would we have been friends in college? I know. (laughs) It's like our biggest joke, right? Yes. But I think... As a therapist, I have been very much into bringing spirituality into my practice, but I have been weary and of who I turn away or who I push away because mm-hmm. of that. And when I did a lot of work with couples, I actually used to, I still do, but refer to the marriage or the partnership or any long-term relationship as truly an opportunity for spiritual growth yes, and holding and recognition of someone else's path mm. and how that came into your world. Mm. And I remember uh, some people like looking at me and rolling their eyes. Yeah. And so I say all this because this conversation can be eye-rolly yes. unless we really consciously choose to go into it with curiosity. And that actually, when we tap into our spiritual parts of ourselves, they are curiosity Mm. they like that's like where they live Mm. and you made a comment so beautifully earlier today that what was it (laughs) (laughs) well okay historically we've talked about that curiosity and 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 like dysregulation cannot coexist oh that and you said yes i said that the problem and the solution can't coexist yes yep yes and so and I think the antidote for all of that is to be curious. Yes, that's it's, right. So I digressed for a minute. But no,
0: it's okay. I think it's worth for just I love that we're starting with this because I think it's worth for this conversation today to just differentiate as yes. we sit here between religion, religious practice, you know, reading the Bible and going to church or whatever your your discipline, your religious faith is right where we're differentiating that between just the sense, the sense of well-being, mm. the sense of love, the sense of being connect, interconnectedness, mm. right? Yes. And I think that's actually what Dr. Miller talks about in her work is that the beauty, what, what spirituality brings is a sense of interconnectedness. Oh, I love that. And most depression and anxiety comes
1: isolation
0: yes yes oh
1: that's so good i have to say one thing really please and that is one thing i've been feeling so much is that in motherhood we are so much more alike than we're different say more that i i'll give you an example i was on the trail the other day with a girlfriend we were talking about our adolescence the whole hike Mm -hmm. we get to the top we run into another dad in the community who is also parenting adolescents and the first thing he said was oh my goodness my Adolescents are kicking my ass. And then he had this really beautiful open share. And then we carried on. And then I got to my car and I ran into another mom. Anyway, I just had this actual moment of inner peace that we are so much more alike than we're different. Yes. And that actually gives me trust. Totally. Of being held, really, by this greater almost heartbeat of mothers. If we're going to go back to mothering, like. The mothering journey, just from the moment you even think about becoming a mother, whatever that looks like, that's when the journey begins. Hallelujah.
0: So I think I think one of the things that I would like to bring forward, maybe you and I could even workshop this a okay. little bit. You know what I mean? Like literally bring up a topic and move through the expression of, of feeling into something that feels more hopeful for us. Like maybe we could do it in real time so people know what we do. Okay, uh, You know, we'll pick a real topic so we're being authentic. But I think one of the things that you and I keep talking about over and over is that having a sense of trust, faith, spirituality in motherhood saves us
1: mm-hmm.
0: from deep deep, deep confusion and despair. Yes. Right? Yes. And um, again, the only reason really I bring up Dr. Miller's work is because we now have more and more science that is pointing to that. And you're right. This is funny because you have just always moved in these waters, right? It is part of your general way of being. And I am really beginning to crack open my need for... um, Evidence. Yes, you love evidence. I love evidence. I've always, and it's interesting. I mean, as I saying this out loud, it's like, you know, talk a lot about almost turning 50 because it feels very meaningful for me. Mm. But I think the reason I feel better than I ever have in my whole life is because I'm willing to not know the answer to things mm, and wow. to trust that the answer is there even if I don't know it. Like, I don't require evidence the same way. Wow, well,
1: I just have to say something about that because I think for a long time, evidence served you so much because it it gave you something to trust. Yes, right and totally. You've and now you've named on this podcast before that you struggled with anxiety. Yep, and I think. It was actually, whether it was conscious or unconscious, it was an incredible coping skill at the time that you needed something to kind of hold on to. And it gave you, it worked for a long time. And here you are now, a very different human than even when I met you. We both are. Yeah. But, like, in regards to this, that your need to have something to hold on to. Yeah, Yeah. tangible is totally changing yeah i just want to really really applaud that because that worked you took you worked hard i did to get there and it did not come easy and i just think that that is such a testament kate of how much you care about you and how much energy you want to put into this life you're living with and doing it differently than maybe your family did or the yes the systemic messaging that is in your soul, you know. Mm. I just I really bow to you because no. I think it's profound. Thank
0: so. you. That's such I thank you for that reflection. I feel that too. Yes. And I'm not anxious anymore. Yes, I know. I mean, I have moments, who doesn't? But who doesn't? I can get back on track really quickly. Yes. And that is not I mean, I hugely respect psychotherapy. I hugely respect medication when it's warranted, but I would say What has gotten me to a place of confidence and trust Mm. is my sense in something bigger than myself that I'm connected to. Mm. I love it. And that doesn't always have something tangible to speak for, to your point. So we do giggle because I'm always like a little step behind you in this, and I'm
1: like, but I think it. But then you do all the reading. Well, I do, because (laughs) I like the evidence. I love it, and
0: I'm like, tell me what you learned. You're (laughs) like, tell me what proves the way I've been living in the world. I love it. Um, but I think what what we get to do for our listeners is to show folks that you can land in this place from any direction. I think what yes. you and I both feel so strongly about is that there's nothing that you and I have or that we're capable of that our listeners are not. Exactly, I love that.
1: I want to go back to one thing we were yeah. saying before about religion. Yeah. So I was raised in a Jewish upbringing yes. and I remember really early on not totally not connecting with um Hebrew school not connecting with what felt like some exclusion in some of the Jewish ways that where I was raised but what I loved was singing together Mm. what I, I loved like actually and I still love when I walk in to a synagogue and you know I do an outdoor synagogue now but like when i'm in a, with a group of people and we're singing songs that has been that have been sung forever and ever and ever i have this deep sense of being held yeah and so for me i do identify as a jewish woman my both my kids are one is about to get bat mitzvah yeah. like there's a lot of tradition and ritual that i absolutely adore there's things that i don't totally align with and judaism gives you space to have that but the things that feel that I really connect with are this idea of being some part of something bigger than me, yep. part of something that I can't quite sink my teeth into yeah. and this feeling I get when I'm in those situations. So that's where I think sometimes there's parts of religion that yeah. can play into this sure. that can get murky. And yes. that's I wanted to go back to this piece where you're like, sometimes that can get confusing and can put people off. And again, it's like, this is everyone's personal journey of what they pick and choose in your adult life to serve you. That's right. And so on the heels of that, in in regards to spirituality and to your definition, something outside of yourself that you cannot see or touch, or there are so many ways to access this. So I'm going to name a few, and I want you to name a few, too, Great. and then maybe we'll workshop. Perfect. Okay. So... There's language around guardians or spiritual guides. And this is such important language. In fact, I'd love to bring one of my friends, Erica Anderson, onto this podcast at some point because this is her deep work mm. right now around accessing your guides. Mm. And, but I think it's actually very easy to access some image of a guide mm. that is that is there, that will always love you, that is mm. always with you. This can be someone that passed away, that you can feel their presence near you. This can be something that's totally disconnected. Like, it could be a, like a, a saint, you mm. know? Mm. It could be Jesus, it mm. could be Saint Michael. There's so many ways. In fact, I went to a, we both been to the same psychic, and. She told me that my spiritual guide was named Una. Oh and yeah. I, I like, when I'm really in the deep, dark places of it, yes. I will call on Una yep. and be like, Una, just tell me everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes just naming yes. her out loud, I feel this yeah. like warmth. So that's just one thing that might seem really out there, but it's actually really just, it's just something to play with
0: yeah you know it's interesting I'm imagining that more people resonate with that than are willing to acknowledge Mm. that they resonate with that and I'm only saying I might be projecting but I know that you know it's almost you and I say often and Emily my our clinical director here and I say often we were just talking about this day a very fine line Mm. between spirituality and psychosis Mm. right like I mean I say that we say that humorless humor fully and of course that is a serious topic but when we say things out loud they can sound crazy they can right that's what I mean to an old-school
1: way of thinking
0: clinical or even to ourselves like sometimes when I say out loud things that feel so true to me I literally sound crazy to myself, Mm. but when I, when I'm holding them in mind, they feel so real and true, right? So my spiritual guide, I mean, I, I feel like I have many of them, they've sort of blended together, but you know, my mom passed away five years ago, right? And I have no doubt Mm. that her spirit is part of me all the time. And you know what's interesting is, I don't know if you remember this, but I felt mostly joy after she died. Oh, I remember. Right? Like I felt, I I didn't, I mean, I grieved the loss of her, of course, but I didn't go into despair. Mm -hmm. And I think in part that's because I really felt her. I allowed myself Mm. to see her and feel her as an all-being soul, as part of something that I was also part of, right? Beautiful. And... You know, I can say that now without like thinking like I sound crazy. But five years ago, saying that out loud made me feel crazy. But oh. the truth is that it works and resonates and makes me feel held. It and makes you feel better. Better and good, exactly. So
1: to go and back connected. to yeah, to go back to our initial, original like title. How do we move through suffering? Yes. It's like you were grieving. You were at the depth of it. Really? You lost your mother. It's very disorganizing and it was unexpected. Yeah. And you leaned in towards trust. Yeah. opening your heart to feeling her. Kind of I watched you do it over and over of like going towards gratitude and just something that wasn't so narrow and, like, constricting as grief can feel. Yeah, I think it's the shift from fe- from going from feeling fear
0: to feeling love. Mm-hmm. From protectedness and kind of tightness to openness and curiosity and trust.
1: Yes. Right? Yes. And I think
0: guides, spiritual guides can do that. That yes. was my point. Yes, yes. Nature is a big one for me. Yes. Go I actually that. had... Um, We were in uh, Snowmass last weekend, and I was outside and I actually began to feel buzzed. Mm. My body was like buzzing. And nature's been doing that to me a lot lately. That's that interconnectedness. It's like I hear the birds and I'm and there's a part of me that can lean into like oh they are made of the same stuff that I'm made of. Wow. And that is like energizing. Yes, and it's It's energy. Yes, exactly.
1: Yes. So, those are two things Those that are can wonderful. help people. One thing I love about nature is mm. there's no drama in nature. None. Things die, nope. things rebirth, yep. plants die. I mean, you know, it just keeps going in these cycles. It sounds so obvious, but like these seasonal shifts, and there's no real story attached to That's it. That's right. It's like, again, this trust of the process. So let's take this back. Yeah
0: well let me ask because you were on you were you were on an important direction there you were trying I think you were giving suggestions about where people can tap into spirituality yes. and you said guides and I said nature anything yes. else on your mind that you wanted
1: to share well I wanted I mentioned music that some, singing, oh music. singing the collective yeah you know even camaraderie yep. of like being in like I, as we've mentioned before I love live music and I was recently at a concert with so many people and ev- every now and then I would just look around at yep. all the people I'm like we are having a shared experience yes everyone's yes. having different experiences but we are sharing an experience of this concert right now something about that to me feels so big and expansive and powerful and that stuff happens all the time so people could find a spiritual experience in a baseball game i mean i just think these are these little invitations of what how you find it for you creativity is what that makes me think of right to me spirituality
0: and creativity are the same thing Mm. it's just like that flow of information yes so let's bring it back to motherhood for a minute and I, I mean, I, <laughs> we started today before we went live talking about how, which we've been talking about every week on this podcast, about how painful and heartbreaking motherhood can be. Yes. And, you know, you and I get to lean on each other that way and come to each other with the little or big things that happen that break our heart. As mothers, and we make space for that, and we feel that because I think most people, you and I included, who have some spiritual connection honor that our emotions are important to feel because they help us get back on track yes. of what feels clear and true, or you know, reminds us of where we're off track. Maybe mm. that's a better way of saying that. But we spend, you know, we spent 15, 20, 25 minutes talking about all the things that felt really hard. Mm-hmm. And then we fairly quickly got back to that idea of trust. So, Deb, I have actually a great example to use. And I don't know if I've brought this up with you recently. So, you know, you can, you can, um, you can share whatever thoughts you want, because you always have good thoughts. Thank okay. You. Go. So, one of my daughters, um, as you know, so interesting how our kids can be so different, right? Like really, really different little beings, yes. right? And one of my daughters was born very, very feisty, right? She cried a lot when she was born. She was challenging for um, people to soothe, for us to soothe. I actually found that when she was a baby, I was just telling her this the other day. It's hilarious. She was like rolling her eyes. But the only thing that really worked to get her to quiet was if I held her to my chest like so snugly close to me, mm. tightly. Yeah. I told her this the other day and she was like, I stopped crying because I couldn't breathe. I was like, <laughs> you're a baby, you don't remember. <sighs> anyway, but really, right? Like she liked, she was had to be really Tight. tightly wound up yes. in her, what's that called, swaddle, yes, right? Or, yes. um, but she would have big feelings a lot of the time. And I real and I, as you know, I'm a lover. I love in general being close and hugging and you know, you know, kind of whatever. Affectionate. Affectionate, yes, thank yes. you. And she has turned into a um, a being who does not like closeness the same way I do, right? And I only bring up the play- times when she was little because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, did I like scare her away because I held her so tight? No. Anyway, she She came has, in this way. She did, but she's become this being that really needs space. Mm-hmm. And I have really struggled with that. Like I soothe and care for people by getting close. And one of my hardest parts of parenting her is my wanting to get close with her when she's struggling Mm -hmm. because that's what I need. And when she pushes me away to take it personally and I can spin out and and literally go back to like, oh my God, she like this because I held her too tight when I was a baby? You know, all that stuff that we do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think... Think that you know just happened the other day right that she was going through something and what I know best to do when people are having a hard time is to show up for them in the way I know how which is close and connecting and that doesn't work for her and there have been a lot of moments of total mothering confusion Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. so I know that time, maybe what, we're, what I'm just starting with in this little workshop is just naming. Like that is really painful for me when that happens. Yeah. But I have been able to over my life as her mom recognize that it's painful for me because of what I need and want when I'm uncomfortable. Yes. Right? Yes. Are you
1: looking at me? Yes. yes. I mean, what I actually heard you say is that she is this little being you mentioned that word being that came in the w- on the on this planet with her own karmic story. yep, and that you had to learn as a mom how to separate mm. from her journey and what you know to be true on your journey. Mm. And what I have watched you do with this beautiful daughter of yours is give her space over and over. Remind her that you're here and you're present and then tend to yourself. Mm. And then, and and she knows how to tend to herself and she always comes back. She always comes back to you. But I think that what you're naming right now more than anything is that all of our kids come in with their own agenda. And I think if we're going to look at parenting as a spiritual journey, it's, recognizing that they are on their own their own spiritual journey of learning and we have to actually let them do that and when we can trust that they are going to be okay because they're on this own their own journey we can pause and kind of be free and make space for that Yes. so we're go
0: so I'm gonna go backwards because we just talked about how you know, I'm about to turn 50 and feel better than I ever have. And I haven't always been 50 and felt better than I ever have. And as I think back to the times when she was younger and really struggling, that landing in that place that you're describing where I can land pretty quickly now Mm -hmm. did not come easily for Mm -mm. me. And there are, I have memories of utter spin outs where she would spinning out, you know, when she was like two, three, four, right? Mm -hmm. She would be spinning out and feeling deep despair and then I would spin out and feel like deep despair and I would feel stuck and scared and like what's wrong with her and is she, is there really something, like I was like looking at it from the perspective of there is a problem, Uh right? Mm. And I didn't know how to solve the problem and I'd get all spun out, my fear and her fear would get entangled because I felt like I needed to know what to do. So Mm. that place that we said I've released myself from, where I like need to have the evidence, what do I do, what am I supposed to do, that mentality would complicate things for me. Yes. And as I got more feisty and scared, guess what she would do? Get more feisty and scared. That's right. And I can remember times in my mothering where I literally would feel panic around it like I I don't know how to mother her
1: well you didn't know how to mother her yet well right at that in those moments but back to the what was keeping me anxious and stuck was that
0: mentality yes and one of the things that I have learned to do which you're reminding me right now over time is to trust that she knows what is best for her yep and to trust that there is something more divine or large or yeah. energetic and energetic holding her yep. and me. And that if we can ride the wave, everything's gonna be just fine. Yep. And because she's always fine, to your point.
1: Right. She's, she's always, always fine. And she just has a different way of emoting and a different way of soothing. Now, one thing we play a lot, and this is not totally on the spiritual conversation, but we play a lot with this idea of giving space but not avoiding. Right. Right? So giving space for them to go through their process, but making sure we are still the container holder. Right. And, um, you know, this thing you're saying that I'm really appreciating is the solution mentality that we get stuck in. And that, that actually, there's a place for s- problem solving, absolutely, but in a moment of fear, it's it's actually really blurry to problem solve and what we then need is the moment to separate from our fear so w- yeah i was going to say one really yeah, quick thing please. one of my kiddos was having a pretty big dilemma recently and she just needed to process and i was i went into problem solving yeah. which is i know better <laughs> but i got hooked and i got entangled in her emotion and she looked at me and said stop being a detective and it was actually the best feedback I got. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I am. That is not helpful. And actually, in that moment, you just giggled. I was able to giggle. It kind of interrupted the process. Yeah. It put me back into a place of trust. And I didn't need to problem solve right then and there.
0: Right. I mean, I think that's what's so interesting, right? When we are in a place of... Fear and protection Mm -hmm. we it's sort of like it feeds on itself Mm -hmm. right we get heady
1: we get tunnel vision tunnel vision not interconnected that's
0: right the opposite of interconnected in fact I would say that in those moments when she was younger I felt so separate from her yes I felt the opposite of connected which just made me more fearful Mm. right but when is when there is the sense of like okayness the sense of being held in okayness you know how you know i know this is a buddhist sort of philosophy or take but it really works for me right that the the opposite of fear is confidence Mm. right when we're in a state of fear we do not believe everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And the moment we can fall back in that like trust that everything is going to be okay. Like I have the confidence that things are going to be okay. My fear softens. Yeah, Right? Yeah. You said something else that just reminded me of something very important to say. And it slipped my mind. But mm-hmm. it will circle back in a minute. It will. But I think that's that to me. That's that. It's making space for that s- more spiritual big picture perspective that softens those moments yes. for me. Sometimes it's hard to get there on my own, yes. which I think is why it's useful to have a person yes. to talk to and I and I know that you know while it's so important to me that when I'm really in a place of despair or fear and I come to you and I say, "Oh my gosh, this thing is happening and I this feels really crappy and I'm very frustrated," that it's super useful when you say oh my gosh, of course that's frustrating. That sounds so frustrating. But if you and I just got stuck there talking about how frustrating it is, Mm -hmm. that would not be
1: useful. Absolutely. And yeah. something we also do for each other is, and this is something I know we have learned from a spiritual teacher years ago, is that when we're worried about our kid, or kids, or anything, (laughs) we send and visualize light around the person we're worried about and we do that for each other all the time yes we validate the fear Mm. and then we transition it to what is an energetic visualization we can do so we don't feel powerless we're doing something actually but it's not around language it's not around solutions it's around sending a message to the people we love the most in the world that we see them circled in love and light And that to me is actually one of the most powerful practices because I think that people feel that yeah we just feel that just like if you walk into a room and someone's been talking shit about you you can feel that yep and so we have to remember that we're just as powerful with the positive and sending that kind of holding energy one
0: of the things that you often do for me which is so helpful is we will be talking about something i'm struggling with with a kiddo and you will say after we make room for all the shit, because that <laughs> really feels good to get the shit out is you will say i just want to remind you of something i like and hear. i feel like i'm channeling you you will say i just want to remind you of something she has always been okay mm-hmm. right or you'll say i just want to remind you of something that kid has been in a hard place before, and will get out of it again. Right? There's that. There's that invitation of the biggerness mm-hmm. than the situation. That. that invitation to see that something is more than it is in that moment. Mm-hmm. That I think is so important to release us as yes. moms from the things that are keeping us stuck right rather than yes. swimming in the stuckness we sometimes need someone outside of us to say I want to remind you of the bigger picture I want to remind you of the more the, the more endless all okayness part of this thing that's happening mm. that's spirituality that's the invitation of spirituality
1: that is it And when you're speaking, I'm just seeing, like, expansiveness. Uh It's expansive in our perspective. And it feels good. And it's expansive in nature. Yeah. And it's expansive when we just, like, are sitting on a cushion and imagine ourselves, like, our energy field getting larger and taking up space in the room. I mean, I kind of think that that is one of the huge antidotes of what you just said. It's these reminders of something bigger. And again, this is nothing new, but it's like one thing I love about you is we have these conversations all the time, and I feel like when I listen to you, I hear it differently. Mm. It's like something I've maybe studied or read or experienced, but when I get to riff off you with it, I just keep hearing it which is an, uh, differently, which is another reminder that the spiritual journey is non-linear. It's non-linear. And it's just like, we're, we're just, we have permission to keep exploring and keep seeing where we're going.
0: You know, I do have the sense that the spiritual does not live in our mind. That's ego, yes. right? And I think what we could mm. remind our listeners of in this moment, we've talked about this in podcasts before, is that the quickest way to tap into this idea we're talking about is by going inside,
1: Mm.
0: right? Is by really recognizing the ego and the thoughts, but really to go inside, right? Like, what am I feeling right now? You know, if I think about, if I go back and think about the moments where my daughter, this daughter we've been talking about, has been struggling and crying and showing pain, and then I feel her pain, and you were to say what's in your body, I would say tight heavy, hot, we are not meant to feel tight and heavy and hot. Mm. That is not what we are meant to feel as humans, as humans, as spiritual humans, right? We're Mm. meant to feel light and spacious and connected. And so the question that I would, you would probably ask me back then and I would ask myself now is, what is a thought I could have right now Mm. that would lead me to feeling light and spacious and good and the thought is probably something like she's gonna be okay
1: mm. mm-hmm. right that yeah.
0: she knows what's best for her and she's equipped and she's equipped all of those larger more kind of you know bigger picture untangible things are what lead me to that feeling mm-hmm. and our thoughts impact how we feel yeah right yeah so it's the curiosity it's the knowing it's the falling being willing to not know actually it's the deep wisdom of knowing but also the willingness to not know in that moment about the quote-unquote right thing to do Mm.
1: right yes
0: I wonder if we're confusing our listeners
1: (laughs) well it is confusing at times yeah this is not the topic that actually like I almost think when we trip over our words around it that's it it's because this this Journey, this practice is not conceptualized. Right. You know, it, like to your point, it's an experience. It's moment to moment. It's always changing. And it's like being willing to kind of let go of that thinking mind to really feel something outside of yourself. Right. And I guess I will
0: say that I've also learned how to slow down mm. as I've gotten older don't know that we can tap if we can really tap into this deeper knowing that we're now calling spirituality in motherhood when we're busy all the time. Mm. So I think a lot of people don't like the idea or the feeling of slowing down because it it can feel bad, right? There's so many thoughts in our heads and then we feel anxious or it's so uncomfortable and yet I think that's the portal to slowing down. I mean to feeling like having access to these things that we're describing are really the way to get out of those stuck points in motherhood. Mm. Is a
1: willingness to slow down, you know? Yeah. That's hard. It is. It is this conversation's making me want to go sit by the river, put my feet in and just breathe.
0: I'm going to summarize a couple things for us, Please okay? Please do. Okay. As with every podcast, I'm going to summarize the obvious, which is motherhood can feel very, very complicated and hard and heavy, right? Yes. It's along with the full love, it can be heartbreaking. (laughs) So, and that it is really important and appropriate to be able to feel those feelings, and name them, and talk to someone about them. Because we have to actually go there before we can go to a higher, more light, more comfortable place. Right. right? The way to that place, I want to summarize based on what I've, I've heard you use this word like 42 times today, is being curious. <laughs> to wonder. To be curious and to be willing to not know a tangible answer mm. in that moment. Right? And to fall back into some sort of trust and knowing that, like, deeper faith mm-hmm. in something that is bigger than ourselves, whether mm-hmm. it's a guide or nature. Or just a deep knowing you know that deepest part of ourselves that has always been okay mm-hmm. right and all the other times we felt stuck we've yeah. been okay there then yeah. mm-hmm. finding a way to tap into that is super helpful
1: because right. if we're still here we're that's okay right.
0: that's right exactly <laughs> right. we've always been okay right and we will always be okay right right and so so to slow down and remind ourselves mm. that that's a spiritual concept mm. because what's the part of us that's always okay you were talking about it earlier <laughs> in our podcast.
1: It's the, the Buddhist would say it's the, the witness. A w- witness, the observer. Yes, the IFS would call it the self. I mean, there's so Capital S yes, self, yes. It's, the it's, part that's always there. It's the essence of you. It's yes. the witness that's always watching. And it's not tangible. Yes, no. Nope. It's not the mother or the wife or the
0: blonde haired tall Kate or the, <laughs> Beautiful, curly-haired, bouncy Deb, right? I mean, it's not that, right? <laughs> right. It's, the, it's all the stuff inside. Yes. And, and then I think once we can tap into that and feel that, there's a lightness that comes with that. Yeah. There's a lack of drama yes. that we said. A lack of, confu- there's a deep knowing. Yes, yes. And when we can access that for ourselves... Can we can
1: access tr- it for our kids. We can
0: trust that our kids have it. Yep. And absolutely. that for me is such a savior for me. When my kids are struggling, is to be able to f- like fall into that. Okay. Okay. This is, does not have to be a problem. Yes. There's something bigger at work here. Mm. And she will be okay. Mm. They will be okay.
1: So good. I love it. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Deb. Um, if this podcast touched you or made you think or made you question please please comment we're so curious we want to hear what you have to say we really really want to start to create a community where everyone's voice is welcome and we want to learn from you so please join us in that love you deb love you kate bye bye